All right, Ira, here we are. It's January 26, 2021, the five-year, uh, five-month birthday of my daughter and the one-month birthday of this uh, NBA season. Yeah, oh, snap. We're, we're back, and uh, yeah, who would have thought that you, you wouldn't break her yet and the basketball season is still surviving the COVID uh, pandemic. So, uh, yeah, we're two for two already. Well, like, so, bar- bar- barely so, Ira, barely so. We'll get to that, I'm sure, but barely so. Uh, it's good to be back. Feels uh, feels like it's been way too long. I'm not sure how long it's been, but a well, lot's happened, you know. Uh, I know we did our our like normal Thanksgiving podcast, I think, and I don't think we've done one since. I think we did a Thanksgiving podcast. Did we? Did we? Did we skip it? Uh, I think we did do the Thanksgiving. We did something around that time. Yeah. We definitely, well, we missed all the holidays. I mean, there was eh, no birthdays, no New Year's to be. Yeah, we don't, we did Thanksgiving. We didn't do our, we usually do a New Year's podcast, but we didn't do it. I think you were a little turned off by the rash of COVID sweeping through the league at the time and wanted to, wanted to wait, wait for a little more normalcy. And maybe from your That's fantasy true. team's perspective, you've, you've gotten there, but, uh, but some of the rest of us are just, uh, still going through the swine, you know? I was a bit down, and I, I feel like my mood kind of swung, and yours really took a turn for the worse. I mean, so it's a, uh, I don't know, it's, it's it's a unique season, and I'm excited to dig into the details, and uh, you know, kind of it goes along with what I thought going into the draft. Uh, this this year is going to be chaos, you know. There's there's not much, not as much skill, so it's a starting up for grabs. No, if you if you look at the uh, the fantasy breakdown of of how things are looking so far. Um, you know, the teams that you kind of thought were going to be good teams based on your rankings early on, kind of at the bottom, me, John, uh, Levy is near the top of the board. Is he at the top of the board right now? No, he's, he's second place. Almost. Um, you know, Garrett thought, well, uh, Garrett had some issues, but thought he'd be one of the better, you know, top four or five teams. He's, he's in the bottom four right now. Um, so it, yeah. look, I, I don't know how much you could take away of how good these teams are from what's occurred so far. But that said, we are a third of the way through the, the season already based on uh, this Oof. year's schedule. Yeah. yeah. It's a good time for a reminder, folks. It's a, it's a 16 week season. So, uh, you know, usually we're talking about a 20 week schedule, I think 21 week schedule. And uh, in this, in this condition, I mean, uh, you know, in a few weeks, teams are going to be thinking about selling. I, mean, yeah. I, I already got my first text this morning from Justin trying to uh, let's 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 go through this i let's i don't think i've ever done this on the podcast before but this is a good first i'm going to find my justin text from this morning and we're going to walk through the mind of justin bibsy samuels uh who's this who's this segment brought to you by today uh let's see aquaphor healing ointment for when your skin breaks down in hives from justin proposing you a bad trade aquaphor healing ointment um okay he wanted to get he was thinking about guys such as oh, we get to the top here. He's interested in DeJounte Murray, uh, Jarrett Allen, and Joe Harris. Um, so, you know, we go back and forth. You know, what are you thinking about? So he's like, what, what would you like? And I'm like, I'd like a high-volume center or point guard maybe and some, some good picks. His response, I have Sexton, but he's a good, but he's a good value right now. So that's one guy off the board. Don't know if I could part with Simmons, LeBron, Wood, etc. for their level of return. So it's four guys plus an etc. I have Plumley and Ibaka and Milton. 
and picks. And again, I don't think top picks are in the cards for a three-point specialist and a center with limited minutes on a new team. So I, I ask him, what does he actually have in mind? You just named seven players that are off the – and good picks are all off the table. <laughs> um, you know, he, he's now telling me that Sexton is better than any player mentioned – uh, and either center is at the same tier as Allen. So really, I'm trying to understand what he's what he wants here. Uh, he want he want he wants to proposing me like a two for two with like me moving up a total of five rounds in the draft. And it's just like I, I see why Justin wins some trades because people don't have any discipline in this league, and and they they fall prey to this nice and early on after a bad down week. He knows how to hit you after that one eight loss, Ira. He really does. <laughs> Yeah, it seems, uh, it seems a bit cruel. I mean, I will say, uh, Justin, I, uh, Justin usually likes to reach out saying like, "Oh, yeah, is this player, this player uh, up for sale right now?" And I, I got one of those texts a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's uh, yeah, kind of a similar conversation where it just seems like uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, give him credit for doing his due diligence. He, uh, it's good to check in with people. You gotta. Well, see, what what he people... did to makes sense though. Due diligence, like, hey, is this player available? And look, we are smart. We follow the NBA. You know that no one should ever be off the table. You should always be open to trade conversation. Correct. That said, when you are yes. when you're open to that, you should expect uh, the person who's asking to have a framework in mind of some sort, and theoretically, one in reason that you should be willing to do. I would think. I t- I tend to agree. Yeah, I mean. For me, it's a bit of a turnoff when somebody tries to open negotiations with me and like doesn't seem like they actually want to negotiate. I don't know. I don't have patience for that. Like I'm more of a if I'm good if I'm going to approach you to try and make a deal, I'm actually going to like give you a half decent offer for your time. Well, right, because so. what what is my incentive? Like unless I'm literally like in the tank, which I st- started off by saying I'm not trying to tank the season away yet. It's only week six, and and he he has no trade in mind. Well, it's like look at my roster. Look at your roster, and what are you willing to give up for those things? You can lowball me. There's nothing wrong with lowballing me, okay? But don't make me do the work of lowballing myself to you. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> well, you know, when, when the guys won five straight matchups, you know, you have to just roll over, I guess, and give him what he wants. Yeah, that's the uh, rules of the game. I guess so. I, but uh, yeah, ah, it's it's good just to be back in the game, though. I mean, last season he he basically rolled over and said, you know, I I don't have the time or. I don't want to put in the effort to try and make deals. And he was ready to throw away the playoffs. And, you know, we COVID gave him uh, the good fortune of getting out of this mess. And uh, now we have our same old Justin Bibbsy and Anthony Samuels back in action. I do need whatever, he, whatever deal he's made with the fantasy gods. I really need, I really need that deal. I need to find that out. <laughs> I need to manipulate that because the, the fantasy gods do indeed hate me. Ira. I, I've come to realize that this season in both our league and in daily fantasy, I think they've sm- smite me for uh, having joined a second league last year. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's just it's going to be painstaking. But let's get back into. I'm sure we'll touch on my team at some point. Uh, how does it feel just to be to be back? I mean, NBA fantasy. What's it feeling like to you right now? Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, for, per- personally speaking, I've had my own struggles this season. I think. I think both of us have probably been in the top like third in terms of uh, injured players on our rosters. So it's definitely been a, a unique season. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I love being just back on my app all day. I love watching the box scores and the ticker. Um, I love seeing the big games and the random 
scrubs that are emerging in the COVID chaos of the season. It's a, uh, if you like getting your teeth wet on the free agent wire, uh, this is the year for you. So uh, they're definitely in that regard. I'm glad to be back. There definitely seems to be one of these. And I feel like every year I talk about how I'm like, Oh, like, you know, I, I, I like to declare whether it's a season where a lot of new guys have kind of taken over or if it's kind of, you know, no new guys are breaking out this year. It just seems like there's these names that like are coming out of nowhere that like, you don't even hear from them as college players. And they're just like, they'll show up for a night or two, get some big minutes and, and call it a day. Um, but I definitely do feel like this is the season where the older players are maybe starting to tow their way out. Our, our guy, Ricky Rubio kind of seen his way out. <laughs> your guy, JJ, right, your guy, I'll don't say it. <laughs> you know, your guy, JJ Reddick kind of slow. I mean, he's hitting more threes now, but slowly seeing his way out. Um, it just seems like a, a, a turning of the guard and some of the, the reliant guys of fantasy days of old are, are, are making their, their move out of the, the rotation. Some guys that have been bubbling on the surface for the last two, three years as young players are maybe starting to become more rotation guys now. And uh, that to me is interesting. I think personally I have less time to go through the box scores, which has been frustrating. Um, and, uh, you know, especially with, with so much going on, it, there's a real advantage to anyone uh, even who has Yahoo- to, to scour. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yahoo is is actually like we've always joked that they just don't care about basketball. This year, they really don't care about basketball uh, to the degree where they have not adapted their formulas in regular or DFS to say that if if a game at seven o'clock was postponed, they, they, they don't recognize that as being like a an eleven o'clock at night game that you that you can't take that guy out of the the lineup. It's crazy to me. Uh, even like, a simple code I mean, I think, thing. Like, uh, it's like when you you could add the player. Like I think on the app, in, in some func- in some views on Yahoo, you don't see the games are postponed the next day. So like you'll add the player, and then you'll see on like your lineup like the game's postponed, and you're like, what the fuck? Why did like Yahoo not tell me this? Like on the other side. So it's they definitely have some issues, and like we used to get like proper alerts when guys' games were canceled. Like, you know, if a guy was out for the night, now I think the alerts are coming in later. I think COVID's really just messed up their entire system. Yeah, and I, I don't know what's happening. And the start active button does not accommodate. I, I had mentioned that early in the season that I thought there was some issue with the start uh, active players button as far as like, you know, it would put Jokic on the bench for a guy that was like rated 120 at the same position. I didn't really understand. And even though they that guy was not on the line at the previous day, it would choose the worst player over a top ranked player. But now it's it's choosing guys with postponed games over guys that are have actual games at night, which is bizarre to me. Uh, and and that I, yeah. I finally noticed that last week, so now I'm kind of really on high alert when setting my lineups. But uh, it, it's been a nightmare. It's been an, it's been an absolute nightmare with Yahoo. Yeah, I'm 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 glad I'm out of the blurbing business. I will say, uh, trying to write fantasy basketball when like you just get like something happened with this team and <laughs> they're now out in player protocols. Like, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be an awful time to follow the news while you're in fantasy basketball. Um, and I just, it just crossed my mind. I am, I'm playing a fan tracks league this season, testing out a different app, a uh, different league interface. And it, 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 the, the information is just all over the place. on Yeah. So As I mentioned a few times, I, would not recommend yeah, I played college football in there. And I mean, we had issues our first two weeks of that season that, they, they were changing their stat provider and we couldn't even get scoring for, for the first two weeks of the season. 
So I don't yeah. is like theoretically customizable, but like not in ways that you'd actually really want to use. Um, and the interface is just terrible. So unfortunately that will not be the system we go to this season. What, what has made me really think is that we all did not really think it through. We should have made this season like a, I've joked about having like a quarter quell or like every, you know, 15 or 20 years in this league, uh, we do like a special game. Like we take a one year pause from our normal fantasy and do like a special kind of league this year. We should have done that. We should have done either some sort of salary cap thing for one season or done like a weekly DFS thing for one season. Just, just acknowledging that this is not a real year. Um, it's all over the place. Look, we will, there will be no asterisk next to whoever wins this season is it'll, it, it will certainly have been an achievement, I think, but, um, if there was ever a time to, to kind of put a pause on, on what we're doing, now is it. Because I'm a little bit afraid that we're all going to lose interest uh, from this season and, and hopefully not in an irreparable way. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're feeling in a – your spirits are a little better than I think they were like a week or two ago. I don't know, it could have been the, uh, the changing of the guard of Washington and hard, hard to read the tea leaves, but – Changing the guard in um, Washington. Getting... The team didn't play for three weeks. And so my, my... – I was talking uh, – I, I meant – I, I was talking in the, the presidential level. Not the, uh, <laughs> that's a good point, though. The, wiz- the Wizards are <laughs> – See, my mind's locked in. I, I've yeah, been the Wizards before the election. The, <laughs> the, wiz- the Wizards have been um, the probably the biggest mess of the league, although I don't know. It might be helpful for leaving at Westbrook down this entire time. Um but nah, that's his, that's his you, number you one overall down, pick. Like, <laughs> we're, we're getting to it. Don't worry. Yeah. I thought about just running Russell Westbrook in the, in the, in the notes for today's uh, podcast. But yeah, I think the league's starting to settle, I think, into a little better circumstances. I think the COVID issue is starting to gradually improve. I mean, look, st- the, the games are going to continue to be missed, but I don't think we're about to see uh, half the league sitting out in COVID protocol. Let's be honest here. So. We're, we're a month and a half away from All-Star Saturday. Uh, I have a strong feeling that there will be a uh, – happen to be a local uh, vaccination site located somewhere in the gym where there's All-Star Saturday and every player will be receiving vaccinations. <laughs> uh, I, I just can't imagine it goes on much longer that, that you know, these – these teams, it's too big, too big a business for them not to be vaccinated. I, you know, I understand there's, there's an inconvenience, you know, or it looks bad for them jumping the line, but I mean, it's, who cares about the coaches? It's, it's 500 players tops. Get these guys vaccinated. Um, let, let's move on and, and, and get back to normalcy a little bit there. Yeah, I think the public good argument does have some, uh, it has some weight. To what is it. 500 vaccines? Uh, and from what I'm hearing, and let's talk about this a little bit. I'm hearing that like, you know, you and I, even if we don't have any actual medical conditions, we could basically, if we, if we time it right and we could get an appointment, we could basically get a vaccine. I've heard of lots of people our age doing that. You know, you, the, the medical providers are not really asking questions. There's no coordination with the state. Um, the whole rollout's been a, a nightmare, I think. Um, today, I tried getting an appointment in Atlantic City. I was queued at number 8,000 online and the first 4,000 got appointments. So um, crazy <laughs> stuff. I like I like I like where your head's at. Go down to AC for vaccination straight into. That's what I said. That's what I said. Amy's like, huh? I'm like, no, no. I, I, if I'm driving to AC for a vaccine, I'm wearing my four masks and going straight to the blackjack table. You know, 
Yeah, they can have like vaccine one only casinos, you know, at least like that cuts down your chance of infection by 50%. I'm getting the itch, man. It's been like a year since, since AC. I mean, I went literally like the week before shutdown with John and Shavir, as I mentioned a few times, like right before that, we had that nice poker <laughs> night at Garrett's house. All right. We got the AC Ducey going. I got a nice win there. So it's been a while since I've got that good feeling. You know, the online poker is not the same feeling as being in the casino, being at someone's apartment and, and feeling those chips move around. It's not the same thing. No, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you, obviously. It's, it's been nice bringing back the little poker boom. I mean, that's a nice little, uh, it's a little something to the week, that's for sure. And I'm glad we have these kind of, I think we're entering more of a card game era anyway for, for guy activities, especially uh, in the later hours of the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, that first trip back to Atlantic City is going to be something else. I mean, it's just, I just need a playground. Like, I haven't been in a proper playground for a long time. And like, you got the itch, you know? It's going to be major. I say, I say what's, the, what's the thing? It was, you know, it's almost been like a, it's like 10 months of quarantine here basically now. What, what's the thing that you're kind of missing? And don't give me like a family friends thing. Yeah. You know? What's like the thing, the activity that you, that you are, you cannot wait to do the second that like you get vaccinated and like you can do stuff. Hmm. Well, I, I'm, I'm a simple guy at heart. I mean, I'd love to be vaccinated again and just like be able to, like, I love just fucking going to a movie. Dude. Buying a jumbo pocket, a bucket of popcorn. I've been say- <laughs> like I said, I've been saying this all week. I, I like would just love to go to like a Tuesday movie theater release. Yeah, I've been seeing some trailers coming out. And I'm like, man, I just really love to see that in theaters and get some get some butter on my hands. It would just be such a great feeling, you know. I totally stand by uh, you know the whatever bread vessel like popcorn you want. It's just a vessel for the butter, and you know that's I'm looking forward to returning to the movie theater. And relaxing in the dark, big screen, and just chowing down. Are you a big butter on bread guy at like a restaurant? Like when they put the bread basket out, are you like a big, like, I'm going to load this up with butter? Is it the same thing there? Uh, I go both. I think butter is amazing, but I'm also, I also am somebody who like gets too grossed out when like you just like lather the butter on your bread. Like, uh, like my, my mother loves to put the butter on and like just like owns it. Like, yeah, which is great for her, but just for me, it's, oof, I'm, you're, you're just crossing a line. But it I'll only delicious. do that if it's that of nice, course. like, whipped soft butter. You know, like, if it's, like, that hard, like, diner butter, I am not I have no interest in putting that on the bread. If it's that soft, like, you know, steakhouse butter, uh, could, like, you know, lather it on, that's ideal to me. I like an olive oil, Le- too. Leanna likes, Leanna likes to buy the, the cooking butter, like, you know, like, the, the sticks of it, which... That just drives me fucking nuts to have in the yeah. house. Like you can't, I can't work with that. So like <laughs> butter, any sort of food item, uh, uh, you know, uh, and uh, butter over like, uh, well, you go ahead. I don't want to, no, I'm going to start changing. No, 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 go ahead. Bit. Go ahead. I want to hear what you got to say here. Oh, no, just in the, in the restaurant. I'm, I'm, as you might expect, I'm very much like a, a man of the earth. I want the proper, Butter packets. I do not want the fucking like dabbing my bread in olive the uh, in the olive oil or whatever. You want you yeah, want you want the that. gold no, foil no, no. butter packets, like from Stefano's. Yes, I want like yeah, like what we got in like the cafeteria to butter oh, our bagels. Oh, 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 okay. You so know, the little the little squares with the peel back lid. That's what you want. That yeah, that's yes, not bad because yes. that has that nice that you could spread pretty nicely, as opposed to the gold the gold half frozen yeah. butters where like it like clumps down on like one spot and like you're just eating a stick of butter at, at one time. Yeah. Though the cafeteria butter is pretty good. I like olive oil, especially you put a little cheese in there, a little, little bit of pepper. Maybe it's uh, it's nice. 
it's good, but it's not the same. I don't know. It's it's lacking the sweetness, I think, of like the or like maybe the creaminess. I guess yeah, it, a better word for of like. The it definitely butter. lacks the creaminess. Right. Um, I'm surprised as a melted butter guy like yourself, you know, in the movie popcorn sense, that you don't like it more. But I guess yeah, you like that richness. But it, but if you go to a restaurant that has really good olive oil, you you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Yeah, well, but in that setting, I'm not there for the bread often. You know, in, in that in that sort of context, I'm probably going like. Well, but steak, see, hard, hard to you know, like the, the Some of the best course. bread places are steakhouses. Ruth's Chris, Del Frisco's. They have some of the best, like, like soft, hot bread rolls. It's inc- like incredible. We uh, Amy actually made this bread like two weeks ago that I'm like. It was it was like a very large bread, but I'm like this t- like in this form it tastes like the rolls at Del Frisco's, and I'm like you need to make these smaller and they will be perfect perfect dinner <laughs> rolls. And uh, now we're, we're just thinking about our birthday in two months from now and taking out some some bread and crap from there. But I digress. All right, good good. <laughs> You know, I, I, I was I was getting concerned that we were running out of uh, like off basketball topics to cover <laughs> with the, the way our text threads are booming, but we still found something. We still found something. I told you, I we, we haven't like zoomed in a while, so it's like we just have a lot to say. You know, it's a uh, lot, lot going on today, but we, we can we can bounce back here. So uh, you're wondering if it, if a shutdown is looming. What are, what are your thoughts on that right now? I think I've been alluding to it. Um, I've said it on a few occasions, but I mean, I think obviously, I think we're all kind of in consensus. The, you know, the NBA, the owners, Adam Silver, for them, it's all about the money at the end of the day. You know, like they're, they're very good at acting like, or I should say they care, but they also want to have money coming in and be making a profit. That's why they're owning these teams. So they're not stopping this thing, but the only way it would stop, I think, is if, you know, if like some of the star players actually, you know, got hit hard by COVID and, you know, I don't know, if we have a death or something, we just saw it today with the, uh, what, the NBA, uh, the announcer on NBA TV. Or uh, Siku Smith. So, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, dude was 50. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I'm kind of surprised nobody has died yet that's been in, like in the NBA. I don't think any, I don't think any of the NFL guys have died or anything, but. I mean, we need something like that where, you know, a big gun goes down. And then maybe the conversation starts to pick back up. But I think we're just going to keep powering through I think a big thing is that these false positive tests keep kind of showing up and we don't really know the deal with them. Like, like, you know, it's hard for them to – like, these guys are asymptomatic. They're testing positive. You know, some of these guys have now tested positive twice within the last year. Um, So we're not really sure if they had it then, now, neither time. Um, so, So maybe it hasn't been hitting them that hard but I, I don't think they're shutting it down unless there's a death like you know amongst like a a coach or a player um until then i i can't imagine either party deciding to back back off and shut down the season maybe you take a few more days around the all-star break but that's unless it proves that they're gonna unless it's going to directly make make it safer going forward i, I don't see them doing it yeah, I mean, I guess, like, looking towards the back end of the season, I mean, what, they're basically trying to make – I mean, I guess they want to get back on the regular schedule for the 2021-2022 season. And the Olympics might be a looming threat in terms of – but, I mean, that's also they're probably saying, not yeah, going to happen, I'm guessing. The latest I read was that it's probably not going to happen. Tokyo, the Tokyo officials do not believe that it'll happen. 
Yeah, I mean, the Japanese are morons, like, probably the U.S. would be where we'd have to make it happen. Like, we can't it's America, we're like resilient, we, you know. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, even, you know, LeBron, who has the most to complain, seems to uh, be in tip-top shape this season and not even be going easy yet. So, it seems like the players will make this work, you know. I don't know. If, you know, if Carmelo Anthony goes, goes and croaks from COVID, then, you know, we have a different conversation, but. I think for now we're in okay shape. I'm not even going to respond. Like, we're not going to bet on which player is going to die from COVID. We're not going to go there on this podcast today. I mean, we all know Kyrie's definitely the highest. We, we may go there on our like post trade deadline podcast, but not today. Today's not that day. <laughs> well, I mean, well, if any of you fall for fucking Justin's antics and actually he gets any of your players, obviously that's the player that we're wishing COVID upon. But, yeah, until that happens, I wish them all well, Let's talk about Justin's team. I don't think you were too high on Justin's team before the season, if I recall correctly, from the from your your reviews, which, by the way, good job getting those out. Are, did you finish them, or do you have any more in the works? Good, good, good note on your part. Uh, I did not put together any reviews for Eric okay. or Dank. Uh, I, hit out, I hit the rest of the league, the other nine teams. So if uh, Eric and Dank are listening, you're welcome to – Call me out on it, and then I will proceed with giving you your team preview or maybe midseason review if you'd like. But I'm I'm optimistic. I'm hold, I'm hoping that I'm not going to be called out <laughs> upon that unless one of you tell them to text well, me I'm about the matter. Because I feel like Dan so. actually did earlier on like say that he like needed that because that's how he how he manages his team based on how you review his team. Um, but he hasn't noticed since then, so it's probably okay. Um, <laughs> right. it, it was not. It was not my idea to drop TJ Warren. That, that's right. Well, we'll, we'll get to. <laughs> why don't we touch on that after Justin's team? But I, I, I think we thought that Justin's team was kind of a joke. Uh, he is in first place now. What are you thinking about his team when you look at his roster right now? Uh, yeah, I have to. I mean, look, Justin's always been. The, the, the strange thing for this season was Justin actually had some picks. I mean, that's that's kind of the news. I mean, he was down a few picks, but. Yeah, he was only missing a fifth rounder, and I think he didn't, you know, he didn't have his third rounder this season. And he did a pretty good job once he get past that. I mean, look, Julius Randle in the sixth round, I would say definitely a sell-high uh, yeah. player right now, but also also a very good season so far. Colin Sexton, who uh, seemed pretty early to me to go first pick in the seventh round. I mean, he's also crushing it. I mean, you know, lighting up the Nets isn't exactly uh, you or I could do that probably, but... It's still impressive work. And Christian Wood, he's been fucking, I mean, even exceeded expectations. Well, they were already I gotta, pretty high. I got to so. you know, fight one here. I, I spent how much time saying that he should be keeping Rashawn Holmes over Christian Wood? And uh, nope, nope. Christian Wood was definitely the correct answer. It was a close call. As a Rashawn Holmes owner, I will say, you know, uh, Holmes is – is definitely doing his own doing his own worth this season, but yeah, I mean Woods Woods been a monster, you know, and I think right now the Houston setup's a pretty good one for him. I mean, unless they were ready to release Boogie, which I don't think they are, because Woods the younger player who they have in a long term contract. So I mean, he's looking in tip top shape, and Houston's probably going to be like a bubble squad fighting for playoff seating. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you got to. Hats it to Justin, but I also think he's been uh, fortunate to have good health so far, which you know is probably the most important thing to getting out to a good start to this yep. season. He has uh, Jonas Valanciunas on the IL. He has Rui on the IL, which I mean, who cares about Rui? 
that no. yeah. uh, a drop. That's, that's a cut guy. And then Christian Wood is actually injured, so he'd be able to move him to that spot. Uh, maybe he should move Christian Wood there now and just drop Rui. But um, yeah, I mean, this team this team looks yeah. really nice on paper, uh, and it's it's performing, and uh, it, it's just balanced. It looks like an IRA team, to be honest. Um, so so we're all in trouble. I think that that's what that means. Hopefully he, he gets panicky and, and does something ridiculous. Maybe he makes a trade that blows up in his face. Maybe that's what winds up happening here. Because um, to me, he has the right amount of roster fl- flexibility right now and the right amount, uh, like a good amount of top end talent. Uh, of course, you know, all it's going to take this year is a few guys going down with COVID. Uh, their team is shutting down uh, during playoff time, but I think he's looking pretty good. Uh, yeah, and we didn't. I'll, I'll just note here. Uh, many of you probably are aware, but I mean, when it comes to COVID, we're not even saying you have to get COVID. It could just be that you have contact like uh, Bradley Beal did with Jason Tatum for five seconds, you know, and, uh, you know, that shuts down the uh, player for a and, week. And, so. and then, and then if, and and the then way if these five things of your teammates around, do test positive after that, then, you know, Beal's been out three weeks now. So a uh, lot of fun, a lot of fun. Anyway, what, uh, oh, oh, ugh. uh, what about Levy's team? Should we be scared of Levy's team as well? Number number two in the league right now. Yeah, second place in the league. He, uh, I mean, he just took an ass whooping from uh, Eric last week. Actually, uh, a one eight variety, or else this team would be, or else we'd be talking about this team like it's the clear cut favorite. I think. I mean, Justin's good, but I mean, Levy's got some some clear like top end talent on this roster. Um, yeah, a little. I mean, he's definitely taken a hit with C.J. McCollum going down. I mean, he was off to a booming start, which was not really expecting from a guy that I thought had kind of plateaued already. Um, you know, I'll say Seth Curry is also currently out. And, you know, I'm not foreseeing him shooting 56% all season, as, you know, basically shoots three-pointers all game. So that seems like overexceeding his value. But, I mean, Gordon Hayward's been – Excellent. Chris Boucher was a popular sleeper candidate and has been even better than that. You know, Andre Drummond doing Andre Drummond things. Uh, yeah, this team is is looking like a, a real playoff contender at this point, which is more than we could say about the rest of the league. Yeah, he <laughs> so he's got a lot of good well bodies so on far. this team. Uh, he's carrying Levert still, which I don't really get. I, I I'm pretty sure he's gonna be after the year, right? I mean, with that kind of yeah. So that's correct. I don't know what he's doing there. Uh, I can't imagine he's going to be hanging on to him for for a keeper spot. Uh, Brogdon really has exceeded expectations. Uh, he was like the number one fantasy guy for like the first two weeks of the season, I think, this year. He was he was up there. He was off to uh, yeah yeah he was off to a great start. I mean, we had a little we had a little side discussion about you know Brogdon's long term. Uh, I mean, he, he's longevity. He's currently ranked number season. ten in Yahoo. Um, so uh, he, he's been fantastic. If he stays healthy, I mean, that's a pretty good value. We, I think we both knocked his pick of Brogdon. And, and that's the thing. We knocked a lot of these picks, and they all – Yeah. I think that was my overrated player, actually. Besides yeah, Russ, all of these picks so. have turned out really well. And as you mentioned, Russ not playing has probably been uh, actually good for Levy's team. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Russ has been back for two games now, and, I mean – I don't know. To me, you know, you got you got to just ride it out with Westbrook. He's not the kind of player that you're gonna 
cut loose or, I mean, basically you'd be selling low on him at this point. Like, he was, he was practically an MVP candidate for, like, two months mm-hmm. before the shutdown last season, uh, you know, before Rudy Gobert went down and the league went with him. So, it's, you know, it, I kind of look at Russell Westbrook, how I look at a Hassan Whiteside on my roster. You just you just keep him on the roster. Don't worry about it. And, you know, if he shows up in the playoffs. Take the good with the bad and, uh, you know, hope it's enough. Uh, speaking of, of highly drafted guys that you – that make you want to pull your hair out that you may want to drop TJ Warren. Let's discuss the TJ Warren fiasco situation that, <laughs> that wound up not being a fiasco. Uh, but, but yeah. not sure it works that way, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh... <laughs> not, not sure that's how we should evaluate it. So but... <laughs> Dan drafted TJ Warren in what the, the right. fifth round, sixth round. Yeah, he grabbed him at about 52nd in the draft in the early fifth round. And, and, and dropped him on um, opening which, night. For, was it open? I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was the first game of the and, season. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was not opening night. It was the second night of the season when all those games happened. And he dropped him for JaVale McGee, who is now the third string center on the Caps. Well, yeah. Well, whoever bet on uh, Jared Allen getting traded to Cleveland, you know, <laughs> well done on your part. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it's I don't know. I mean, I think Dan gets fixated on players that he's not a huge fan of, and you know, he uh, I don't know why, but he had his eyes set on T.J. Warren. I mean, Dan's roster overall is pretty good. I mean, there's not much like fat to trim. So I guess if you want to make a move. Letting go of Warren was one way to do it, but and yeah, I mean, obviously, what Warren out for the now, season, yeah, what, out for the season. I mean, it was, but then, but then, guess yeah. what? Guess what? Yeah, and he if, went down. If you, if you have a few weeks after, he said that he had read some things. If you have read some things, maybe don't take him in in the fifth round. That's what I don't understand about this whole thing. It, it Dan had said he had read some things about T.J. Warren. That's why he dropped him. If that's the case, why are you taking him in the fifth round? It's a valuation thing, man. You, you you passed up on literally anyone else for him, and now you're dropping him in, on day one. It makes no sense to me. You were saying pre-draft he had read Well, I don't know things? if it was pre or that post, was was, but, uh, but either way, I mean, think he was... how do you just drop a guy before anything actually happens besides having one bad game? It, like, it, I, you, you put this yeah. on the rundown. I assume you wanted to talk about this and, and the issue that it poses no i just uh it was more for you i just wanted to give you the moment i, I don't know i was real, I, I, well, I, I want you to stand by the, uh... and, and look obviously things have changed yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it happened during a friday night poker session so paul paul was certainly uh letting his emotions fly i think in the moment you know the car well, always gets him a little it's aroused, ridiculous it's a fifth round pick and it's the first game of the season how, how do you do that i mean you, you can't just drop a guy for nothing no it's I think it might have been a couple of games in, but it, it, I agree. It certainly was not appropriate, but I mean, it's not something that, eh, okay, he's setting his lineups. You know, it, it wasn't a good well, move, but again, yeah, at the end of the day, it's all hindsight. Any, now we uh, see he's setting his moves. We see that Warren was hurt. It, it, in hindsight, it is all fine. But in the moment, the fact that he was then scrambling an hour and a half later to see if Garrett would let him reverse the drop, it's like, Come on, man. Well, yeah, that's come on, yeah, man. I got, Think I got it through. No patience for that. Think it through. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, well. 
We'll see what he does with uh, LaMarcus Aldridge now, another slumping player on this roster. I mean, Dan's team is looking uh, I'm pretty good for Danky. I mean, he's actually got some good guards for once, which <laughs> rarely happens. And yeah, it's, uh, he, he, loves, he loves the big man punt free throw strategy. And, you know, it's a good one when you have Zion Williamson. And uh, you, you used to be a good one when you had Bam on bio in your roster. I mean, now Bam's shooting – nearly 86% from the free throw line. And I think he dropped like 41 points in the nets. So, I mean, I don't know. They're going to be like a fantasy laughing, laughing stock. I think everyone's going to have a career high versus the nets, but look, it's, I mean, he's got Terry Rogier who's amazing. Actually amazing. thriving next to LaMelo ball. Yeah. I can't, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little skeptical that Terry can keep this up, but Fred Van Vliet's been as good as last season. Paul George is, I kind of feel bad for Paul George. I will say I kind of agree with the, uh, I don't know. I feel bad that he got such a heavy media backlash for, you know, expressing he was a little aggravated in the bubble. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm sure he wasn't the only one who's, you know, gotten lost in a Disney magic and, you know, can't focus on the basketball action. But, uh, you know, he's been excellent this season. Now, went down recently with COVID, but, you know, who hasn't this year? Uh, and cancer was a great pickup. I mean, fortunate, but. You know, he could roll with that now that Nurkic is out for a while. Uh, this team is looking competitive, Paul. I mean, is, is it a playoff roster? Uh, I think we have a it? long way to go. I think, look, uh, we always say about him, if he, if he actively manages, just like anybody else, you put yourself in contention t- to win. He has a good roster, uh, or a good enough roster. If it stays healthy with this COVID stuff and he manages, he's made four moves this year. Uh I guess one of which was adding JaVale McGee, one of which was dropping JaVale McGee. Um, so it's not like it, – <laughs> he's not quite like as active as you're making him sound to be. Um, everyone else in the league, by the way, pretty good. Even Trevier is at nine moves, which I think was probably more than he had yeah. all like last two seasons combined. Um, you know, four moves isn't going to be enough. Uh, it's also still early in the season. Let's see what happens after he has a, a week of – COVID-related injuries and goes goes two two and seven, and is suddenly sitting in ninth place because everyone's so close to each other. Uh, let's see if he has a bounce back week after that. I'm not going to consider him a playoff team until that happens. No, that's I think that's fair. I mean, I think yeah. I mean, Dan will be tested every by, uh, every COVID every year at this point of the season. Be. We had this conversation. Oh, Dan's looking good. Do we think he's a playoff team? He's got to he's got to manage the uh, team. I, Five five weeks in though. I mean, you got you got to get. No, it to he's him. been five here before. He's been here before. Is, uh... He's been at first place at this point in the season. This it's always very. It, oh, first dude, place. Al- no way. Definitely it's been not. a while, but <laughs> it's always tight at this the first third of the season. Halfway point. Let's see if he's still hanging around six or seven. If he's outside of that, I, I think yeah. he's probably done. Uh, especially, I don't think his his health has yeah. been that bad on his team. Uh, what is he doing this week? So uh, it's only Monday, but sure. uh, he's down six three right now to Trev. So let's see what happens once he goes below five hundred. If if the the same energy uh, is there, yeah, well, I will say yeah, the, the team went above five hundred last year, which was a a major achievement for Denki. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, he's he's gonna have to make better moves than he did when he dropped TJ Warren. That's for sure. Uh, so you know, when he is tested by COVID, he's gonna need to. Uh, Rise to the occasion and, you know, figure out how to use Yahoo to his advantage. Uh, Justin's done it, you know. You don't need to watch basketball to know how to make this thing work. You just got to uh, use the tools and the stats at Yahoo's disposal and uh, 
make a heady pickup yep. here or there. But uh, now, yeah. now on the other side of the board, the guy that's usually kind of in contention and and now really struggling is John in last place. Um, I mean, not too bad. He, he, I'm sorry. Did, 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 did you just say last place. place? He's in last place. Is that what you said there? Last, last place for John. Hmm. But but wow. in his defense with a four eleven win percentage, so it's not like uh it's not a real bad one. Uh there's the, there's plenty of time as we discussed. He has two wins on the season, which are five four wins, but then his losses are three six, one seven, and four five. Um <laughs> you wrote in your notes here, and I like this. Has the league finally figured John out? And the answer to that is obviously no. Uh, no one's paying attention to how anyone else manages and no one's, no one's playing matchup basketball with John, but, uh, I mean, I, I just think, uh, his team is struggling right now. <laughs> that, that, that's it. It's that simple. Yeah, no, it's, uh, well, I would say if, I mean, if all John's getting is, uh, five, four victories, you know, then the opposition's playing him pretty well. Uh, cause you know, I mean, but John's strategy and his goal is basically to five four year every week. You know, if you're a good team, he'll go four or five. But that's his uh, his path to success. And you know, it's John's had a, some injuries, but I mean, I don't know who's out right now. Nurkic, who I would say is probably a minus to his strategy anyway. He's not really the most efficient. Uh, most yeah, efficient. And, and by the way, this, this kind of so, proves the the case for not keeping guys you know who have been injured for a year plus. Uh, just for their just for their spot because you never know what you're getting. You could be getting KD, but you could be could be getting Nurkic as well. I am a fan. I'm. A, I'm a, I I do tend to agree with you. I wish that it happened more often. I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of these guys have beaten the odds. But uh, yeah, I, I feel, I'm sorry the Nurkic went down like that. He looks. He certainly produced in the bubble last season. And, you know, looked like a great pick for John. Uh, really the best you do for a keeper, but. Uh, now this roster, I mean, still has some talent. I mean, still has Damian Lillard. Still has, obviously, Kyrie Irving, who is ready to play again, is over <laughs> his personal issues, which I'd love to well, hear more Ira, about. Ira, he's DeMar over them DeRozan. For He's over them for now. Well, yeah. Well, I, I gave I gave a strong quote there in the uh, the video feed for all the YouTube subscribers out there. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – I mean – it seems like James Harden's going to let others cook, so Kyrie should still be, you know, at least a, at least a second-round talent. So, you know, if he's playing, that's a big boost, obviously. Chris Middleton, who I always think is overrated just because you can't shoot 52%, 82% for the season, is doing that right now. So, you know, he's been great. Yeah, yeah, it's, I don't know, typical John roster. Uh, you dropped Cole Anthony, right, Paul? I mean, he's starting to uh, uh starting that's to fine. He's had like a, a few good games. Um, I was actually just looking at his note on John's page because, but I, I think for the season he's probably going to be shooting like thirty five percent from the field. So between him and Cam Reddish, I mean, I don't know how good like if John's ever going to win field goal percentage, which is kind of part of his strategy to have those efficiency numbers. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well. Free throw percentage. He's, he John John punts the field goal, so yeah, that part he'll leave aside. But uh, yeah, I mean, still, I'm I don't know. We'll see what Cole Anthony does in the long run. I think yeah, the turnovers could be an issue for John when it comes to Anthony. Doesn't he's seem like a steal guy. He doesn't, he doesn't do which... much but score, and that's I mean, the last few games actually he's rebounded quite nicely. I'm seeing here five 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 seven five. 
three six. Uh, so that's that's pretty nice for a point Good guard. For a point guard. Um, but let's see if it's sustainable over over a long period of time. Re- re- rebounding, you, yeah, you no, would think I'm it is. Three point three assists for a point guard, not great. But I guess when you have Dame and Kyrie, it doesn't matter so much. And Marcus Smart, it doesn't really ma- matter so much anyway. Yeah, I mean this. Hey, look, this team will round into the John mold that he enjoys. But I mean. He's 18 and 26 and one at this point. So I'm not really sure if he's going to be able to pull out of this hole. He's got Justin this week. Justin's team is still pretty healthy and obviously has been, you know, one of the strongest performers right now. So a three, six loss this week. And do we write John off at that point? I mean, do we see a, do we see a comeback? But that's what's here? interesting. We haven't seen John respond to any sort of adversity. It, it's like, he's never really even been at the bottom of the table, even for like a short amount of time. So it, it would be interesting to see, what happens to him if he, if he winds up after six weeks down at the bottom of the table. Yeah. It's, I, I, to be honest, uh, from what I've heard from John, I mean, he's often quite open to making a, you know, big time keeper trade, you know, trying to trade in his ships and throw away his season. So, I mean, this is lining up along those lines for, you know, who's John Stein. I don't know. Alex Trebek goes down and uh, I don't know. John's team goes down with him. <laughs> I see a trend. But uh, all right, let's keep it moving. I mean, do, should we touch upon your team, Paul? I mean, I feel like you're you're probably the poster child. I think for the injuries at this point. I don't know if anybody's uh, struggled as much as you. Yeah, have I so mean, far. I'm not I'm not giving up on the season yet. But like Jimmy Butler needs to get back to playing. Uh, Bradley Beal's finally back. Like my whole team just seemed to be out. Like every day, there's a new team had contract tracing issues on my team. I don't think I cracked 40 games the last two weeks. Um, it's hard to win matchups that way or even stay competitive in them. So, look, I think I have a talented roster. If, if Butler comes back soon, great. If not, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to win without your third, third best player. Everyone warned me about Butler, how frustrating he can be. Um, I got to imagine he's going to play at some point. He's not going to want to be sitting the season out, especially, you know, the, the Heat need to get moving with some wins. Um there we go it's just frustrating man this whole team is frustrating san antonio my my two guard thing like i really wanted duncan robinson where i accidentally picked Derek white that's gonna haunt me all season he uh he's he's been playing his out of his mind um and you know a lot of my a lot of my other shooters have not really panned out and not been playing that great so we thought threes assist deals would be strong points for me I've been losing threes every week. Uh, Ricky Rubio, you know, I cut him before he kind of made his mini bounce back here, and now he's rostered by somebody else. JJ Redick, did not pick pick it up at all. Um, it, it's been tough, man. Yeah, yeah. Just a lot of a yeah. Lot of Davis Bertans, yeah. You had a couple, you had a couple wizards on this roster, and yeah, I mean that's been a a rough team to ride with. Yeah, and Bradley Beal, obviously. Yeah, Chris, Chris Paul missed a game or two just due to games getting postponed. Like, it's, it's just, it's been tough. It's been very tough. You, you think you think maybe cutting Derek White might spin the mojo? I, mean, I feel like uh, it might just be better for your team's long-term chemistry just to, you know, let them, let them loose. I've I thought about it, Ira, but I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to stay positive and, and keep him. At least that way, if my team's no good, later on in the season, maybe he's uh, a trade asset. So we'll see. And I, I mean, I will say you do have 
you have the best player in fantasy right now in Nikola Jokic. I mean, there's been no, uh, you know, fat-ass offseason in, you know, Eastern Europe this time. Uh, the Joker has been a monster. He's at 56% shooting, 84% from the line, 25 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists. That's, that's, a, that's 9 assists from a setter, folks. Nearly a triple-double. He's got 1.9 steals, which makes no sense. But, you know, he's hitting a three-pointer and got half a block. And uh, it's And you live with his uh, seven turnovers a game, but, you know, it, it's fine. <laughs> wow. Man, I mean, your roster's uh, got some weird things going on. I mean, you've got, you got Jokic at 4.2 turnovers and Beal at 3.4, and everyone else is – 2.3 or lower. So Turner state an issue for you. So yeah, it's uh anyhow. So between Jokic and Miles Turner, who's that fucking four point one block. You would think I'd be winning some matchups here. Right? You would think I'd be winning some matchups. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you got two top ten players. That, that's a Shavira playoff team for if, if anyone if anyone could stay healthy for you know and play the same week, it'd be really helpful for my team. But I don't see it happening. It's just one of these seasons where just none of the none of the pieces are gonna line up at the right time, I think. Yeah, well, if you want to put out like a, a call for trade proposals, you know, feel free to yeah. raise the flag and you know let us know what you're interested in. Yeah. I don't know if you're keepers or picks. Listen, listen, man. If I if I hung yeah. in last season, as do you want votes at managers meetings? If I if, well, what I would love votes at managers meeting. Actually, that's probably more important than any future assets. <laughs> <coughs> um, oh, that's an interesting cough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, stay with the whiskey, man. Hopefully, hope, hopefully, I'm not on the DL after this uh, contact tracing from from this cough. But um, no, look, I mean, if, I I hung in in much worse position last year for longer than this, so I'm not giving up yet. My team's going to come back healthy, hopefully, and we'll go from there. Uh, what else do we want to touch on here? We've gone 50 minutes. Do you want to you want to run through these busts or buys or steals or sells whatever? Let's go through the steals or sells. I, the busts or buy, not interesting to me. Let's go to the steals the, the steals or sells you have here. So steals or sell highs. Miles Turner. I uh, I well see the I would I would say Turner's definitely a, a sell high at this point, but the one. I mean, the one thing that worked in his favor just now is Sabonis going down. And his, I mean, he's questionable now with the left knee issue, so it probably won't be that serious. But, I mean, I mean, Sabonis misses any time, then Turner goes off even more. It's, the thing to me about Turner, I can't imagine four blocks a game. That can't last. I don't know, man. I, I don't see I, it. It seems like this coach that they have there now, they all love and, like, they all seem to be just playing harder for him. So, yeah, four, four is high. Um, but that said, like the way the NBA is now, man, every, every shot is either the three point line or the rim. So there's just more opportunities to block shots. Um, he's always been known as a natural shot blocker. He's always put up big shot block numbers and he's in what his fourth season now. <coughs> yeah. You're uh, you're six now. No, I mean, not. you're six, which is why I'm you're six. I kid you not. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, and. He, he no was way. basically already a fantasy player in year one. Yeah, but he's, year okay. six. Year six, one. but he must only be yeah. he must only be like twenty four. Uh, what is he? Yeah, he was born <laughs> in ninety six, so he's like yeah, like twenty five. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, he's a youngster, but I mean, the big thing, his minutes have gone up finally. I mean, they let him play over thirty minutes a game for once. 
since year two, he's been under 30. Now he's at 32 minutes, 46 seconds a game. And, you know, he's shooting a, nearly a career high, 50.7%. Um, I don't know. It's, it's amazing this guy shoots so many three-pointers. He's only a 35% shooter for his career from three. Well, yeah, but yeah, I remember, 35% from a big man is good. And that's, that's four-spacing ability. Uh, yeah, you make a living out there, but... I don't know. What's the bonus on the roster? It makes sense for him to just space, you know, and give Sabotis the room he needs on the block to operate. Elbow to operate. But it's, I mean, it's basically all the blocks right now. That's the big difference between Turner now and, you know, Turner, I think, last season. Um, so it's, I, I wouldn't be, I imagine if you tried selling them, and I don't think people are going to be paying, but actually, give John a call. Turner's a big John. Guy. Yeah, that was always that was, that, that was my joke the around. first two weeks of the season. I was going to trade him to John for like half his team, but <coughs> John's hard to deal with, so not not worth my time. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, we, we kind of touched on him before. Uh, do you think he's for real now, or would you get out before an injury comes? Or uh, I, I, look, I, I think these Indiana guys. I don't think the numbers are dropping off. It's going to be more of an injury thing than anything. What whatever this coach is doing with them. I don't remember his name. It's some long thing, but uh, it seems to be clicking with all these guys on the team. I mean, look, I mean, the hard thing about selling is you just need to find somebody who believe, who is going to buy into the player. I mean, you know, if you approach me with Malcolm Brogdon, I mean, I'm not going to give you a top 40 player for the guy. I'm not going to give you probably a top 60 player for the guy. You, because... you need to look, we all know you need someone who's going to click on that note and see the numbers and say, oh, that's good. Why don't I not consider anything else about this person? And I'm just going <laughs> to hit that button, you know? My guy, do you think it's that simple? I don't, I don't know. Yes. I don't know if there's any managers that are, uh, you know, just looking at that yellow sticky note, seeing some numbers and saying, okay, I, uh, how can I say no? I think, yeah. I think that's how those trades happen. It's, it's, it's you need the gaudy numbers for your team, and you'll say, you know what, like, that's going to transform my team, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to overpay for it. That's how it happens, for sure. Yeah, I transform my team. I, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's, look, 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 it's when very, you look at Malcolm Brogdon's numbers, you'd say, "Holy shit!" Like having a guy like that is yes, going mean, to yeah, significantly boost they, my roster. They, yeah, no, as opposed right, to like a Ricky well, Rubio, who is probably going to daily, well, you know, not this year but in the past, you know, possibly impact your roster, but like the the seven point nine points per game don't look pretty, you know, like. <laughs> No, no. I mean, Brogdon does have the sexy stats that, uh, you know, you look at when you're trying to make a deal. Well, look, he, he's a guy that have, that he's for his career a .9 steal player. Now he's at 1.5. I mean, I just don't see that staying forever. I mean, he's hitting 2.3 pointers and shooting seven a game. Before that, he only ever shot 4.3. So, I mean, there, there's, there's just a lot of things in this stat profile that I don't see lasting forever. The Victor Oladipo move definitely changed things. I mean, that I think that's the the reality in Indiana. I mean, Jeremy Lamb just came back. Uh, I'm kind of riding that wave. And it's going to be interesting with TJ Warren out, with Victor Oladipo gone, Carrius LeBert dealing with cancer. I mean, this team has a lot of openings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, I mean, there's Sabonis, there's Turner, there's Brogdon, there's Lamb. There's, Doug, there's a Doug lot of guys McDermott. that want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the White Mamba here, yeah. <laughs> I, man, I I always look at the McDermott like every other day. I'm like, man, he had four three pointers yesterday, but <laughs> what else did he do for me? Yeah. What What do we think about Jeremy Grant? 
Jeremy Grant. <laughs> Another one that – a guy that I'd be selling on, but I I feel like Duran probably is way too attached to let him go. I just feel like Duran's probably loving this guy right now. I'm looking at, I'm looking at his um, numbers right now, by the way. It, this season – or sorry, it, well, Yahoo's showing me since January 4th. So since January 4th, he has, he's only scored less than 20 points one time. <laughs> oh, he's been he's been a monster. It took him like three or four games, and yeah, I mean, it's very rare that you find a star that says, you know, I don't want to win. I just want to prove that you know, I'm a star. <laughs> I could put up, I could put up stats. Well, what's funny about it is, uh, like, he was on the Sixers process teams, and he did not even seem like a like a bad team, high volume guy then. And now he could shoot a little bit better, I guess, and it's got adjusted to the NBA speed. And a few years later. He's he's doing this. I, I don't think it's sustainable. I I I cannot see how it's sustainable. It's been impressive. I mean, my my major concern was just is he going to continue to have the steals and blocks? Well, yeah, kinda... that's what he's always been good at. That's what that's what his fantasy value's been yeah. in the past. Yeah, I mean, that was my my concern was that he was going to focus so much on the offense and be kind of like a, a below average shooter. And in the in the meantime, the steals and blocks would kind of like be the same or go down a little bit. But the blocks are, you know, as high as they've ever been. The steals are basically keeping pace or improving a little bit. The rebounding's up. So it's hard for me to say he's a sell high guy at this point. I mean, at, at, at this point, I think you got to ride him out. I'm not sure anybody's going to pay you, you know, first, like, first – 40 player value for Jeremy Grant. Well, I, I, I think you got it. I think you also have to hold on to him, like in case that this is real and that Detroit is in a true rebuild where they're not going to add a guy ahead of him next year. Uh, I, well, Killian Hayes, like, I, whatever. Um, but look, Jeremy Grant is returning first round value right now. He was drafted in the seventh round. Uh, I think you need to weather that storm and, and, you know, even if he falls, like, see if he's a, a keeper worthy guy, guy for you going forward yeah no i'm uh i'm with, I'm with you i mean look 86 percent from the free throw line for a career 68 percent shooter seems unlikely to sustain but i will say i mean grant has improved from the line for four straight seasons so i i don't know i need to i guess i need to read like the big espn profile on jeremy grant you know on how his work ethic has made him into you know this all-star player but uh, he's yeah, he's got the bona fides right now. So yeah, it's, I guess it, you're gonna ride it. It's super weird. It's super weird. I don't really. Uh, he's not like we watched him in the playoffs last year. He's not this good. He's just not. Yeah, no. He was he was like one of those guys that you were like, all right, I guess you gotta shoot that three pointer. Like, like, but he like, couldn't. He could goes in. He couldn't attack <laughs> as like the fifth option on the team. How is he doing this? I don't get it. I don't understand. Dwayne Casey, coach of the year, kind of a, you know, that education right there makes you into a winning player. But yeah, it's Duran's team. I think Duran's posting another playoff worthy season right now. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, things shake out. I mean, he's got a few guys that have slumped, like a Pascal Stockham has been a, still kind of had the playover set, I think, after the Celtics owned him. Donovan Mitchell, kind of like Jamal Murray, both guys have been snake bitten, I think, after that. Uh, those mega playoff runs. Uh, Kevin Love's doing 
Kevin Love things where he's on the injured roster for, you know, half the season. But at the same time, he's got some very good players like Zach Levine. DeAndre Hunter's been a steal. I mean, I'm not sure if I can, can credit having Kevin Herter or, or DeAndre Hunter. It's kind of more just like a, you know, I think it's a college thing, you know. You just got to chase who you chase. John Wall, though, looks like he's legit. So, interesting roster. Interesting roster. It kind of reminds me of a typical Duran team where, like, there's some hits, there's some misses. Not sure if the long-term strategy is really here to make this work, but it's going to be competitive. That's right. Any other these, these guys you want to talk about on this list? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Who else? Uh, we have most of them. I mean, I mean, if you had Chris Boucher on your roster, I think he's worth talking about. I mean, oh, I keep him. Guys I would be... keep that guy. Oh, hundred percent. Keep him and ride him. Uh, he's got some keeper value. He, I guess. Look, the one thing that would scare me is that, you know every year there's that guy that the media falls in love with, um, or like fantasy writers fall in love with. That like, oh, if this guy ever gets some minutes, like yada yada yada. Uh, he's kind of doing it, and it, it's working. And I, he's really good. Um, I would, I would definitely not sell him. I would hang on there. They cut Alex Len basically because they're like, we need to give this guy as many minutes as he can handle. Yeah, well, that's, that's why I cut Alex. <laughs> hey, respect, respect the Terps. Just here. try to slide that one in there. Respect yeah, the Terps okay. here. Right, right. Well, Washington seems like just the perfect place for him to <laughs> continue, continue to blow our minds away with his questionable performances, but he is like currently my roster, so I can't complain too much. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Uh, I think we hit a lot of people. I mean, is there any other teams you want to hit on right now? Uh, yeah, I think it's still early. I mean, the, the standings are pretty packed. Like we were talking about earlier this week. Well, we're talking about, uh, I mean, between Levy's team and the last place team, John, we're, we're six and a half games, which is, you know, that margin could be covered in two weeks time in fantasy. So nope. uh, well, look, well, let's. Uh, I think this worked out pretty well. We we both had, after our class meeting here. Let's 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 uh, get a few more of these going forward. But uh, I think that's it on the fantasy front. Anything going on on the personal front you need to just want to discuss? Ha- any any wedding updates or anything like that? Uh, the wedding stuff. You know, we we had our push going. Then I was, you know, I think the last like month or two, just been busy with. A lot of studying for certs or trying to do a cert, way too complicated to get into. <laughs> but uh, things got quiet. We're starting to kick it up. So I don't know. It's nothing. Nothing to confirm. Uh, yeah, I think in my mind, I'm I'm more ready to get hitched than you know uh, have to go through the whole the whole dog and pony show with a marriage. So I don't know. We'll see where things are in a couple months. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing solid to report. Fair enough. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else in the social. Well, I guess we should have we'll have a new baby Bibsy any day now. I think, and uh, I'm trying to think of anything else on the on the group front here. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> How's is Joey's basketball skills coming in? Lefty righty. Well, they're not supposed, they're not they're supposed to show favoritism with their hands yet, but she definitely does a lot with the left hand. So. Like she, she's oh, always okay. reaching for her left foot with her left hand. So right. I'm, I'm thinking maybe, maybe she's she's getting that good frith going on like lefties do, and uh, maybe it'll Excellent. it'll pass down. Um, when's it acceptable to when's it acceptable to send a, a gift of a pair of lefty scissors? 
I feel like that's not safe well, for a child, look, hey, but I, I, it's an important thing to have for a lefty. I write and, and cut with my right hand, so you know maybe she'll be blessed with my right-handedness for writing and, and leftiness for sports. So uh, hopefully that'll be the case. Eh, nah, it's eh, lefty all the way. You know, it's you gotta gotta add to the extraordinary of I, any of any up and comer. I actually think you're rare. I think there's so few so few lefties that do everything fully lefty. Because like the the, the nature name? the nature of being lefty, like sets you up for like weird combinations. Like every lefty I talk to, they're like, "Oh, I'm lefty, but I do this like righty, or I kick a soccer ball better righty, mm-hmm. or you know, yeah, my uncle is a real weirdo and like throws a football one way and a baseball the other way." But um, well, I think left yeah, lefties in general have a lot of ambidexterity to them, and for whatever reason, do do a lot of different combinations. But no, she's, I think she's, she's rolling. the way to go if you can. Every so often I'll roll the ball on the floor with her and she'll kind of roll it back at me. It's a fun little game we got going on. So getting those point guard skills down nice and early. Yeah, there you go. Well, you got to teach her how to roll over a trash can, right? Yeah, a proper defender in the middle of the path. That's right. But, uh, what was he going to say? Uh, yeah. No, I think my only like almost – the only ambidextrous skill is I can putt lefty and righty. That's all I got, I think. Everything else – just straight lefty, but yeah, it works for the mini golf course. You know, you have to get around some tough hazards every once in a while, but everything else, pure lefty. Actual golf is always generally designed against lefties. The, the courses are always like meant for like the way righties hit the ball. It's they're generally more advantageous to righties in my opinion. Huh. The way the, like the, do- must- the dog legs of the course. There must be like a course designer that's like known for like favoring lefties, though. I bet. Yeah, probably. Maybe there's a couple of those out there in the world. Right, or like very challenging courses that they intentionally make more more difficult for righties. I would imagine that's why Phil Mickelson has like done well someplace. Like you know, he's a lefty. Like obviously, they're not that big of a disadvantage to him. But uh, you don't see too many lefty golfers out there. Yeah, no, this is true. This is true. All right. So when when when's the, when's our first? Big man events, you think? Let's let's get a prediction on the table. So, when do you think? What do you think we're turning the corner here? Oh, I see some real thinking on your part. I'm gonna say, how many people do you quantify as a man event? Uh, we're talking about like seven. Seven's a good number. Uh, eight. I feel like. I like May. We're just like vaccine. Like, uh, I feel like there will be like three or four people with vaccines, and the rest of us will be just itching to do something, and we'll like do something outside, either at, like Trevier's house or like an outdoor bar on like the first nice day, yeah. and like we'll just sure fucking go. It's itching for it. And we'll just like go nuts. Like, so I'm gonna say May, which is too long from now. Okay, it's too far, but the weather's gonna break. The weather will break a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll all just be through. We'll all just be like, "Look, we've done this for a year and a half by now. Like, we just need to let loose, and you know, maybe maybe you we'll all get tested or something, and and just go go nuts, you know? Like, wouldn't you do that? Wouldn't yeah. you do like a two week quarantine and get tested like once or twice if you knew that like at the end of that road you could do a saftabo with everybody? Oh yeah, no, no, I've yeah, I've. I've done such schemes and I've, yeah, the, such things have crossed my mind. I'm happy. I would be happy to, uh, 
you know, assuming we're all doing an official, you know, man quarantine in advance or whatever, you know, and then we then we implement, you know. The real, yeah, the, no. the real problem, I got a problem with that. as always, a real problem at this point is the women are going to be like, oh, why can't we do it? And then we should just be like, well, you guys could all hang out separately by yourselves. And then, you know, they'll be like, <laughs> oh, you take next month. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and then three weeks later, they'll forget about it, you know, have their own shit. And then we'll do it again. That's right. So, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. That's a good goal. I, I could, I could, he's not listening, I'm sure. So we can just kind of make plans at Chibir's backyard. I think that's going to be the spot for, you know, the beautiful, Unveiling of a Saftabuzz return. Drop the baby off with my parents. Good to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have a wife, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's she doesn't want the. My parents will gladly take her for you know, a few hours, you know. And then we don't have to worry about it. Okay. Well, you're not going to be in shape to take operate the child afterwards, Paul. So that's the that's the point of a proper Saftabuzz. So yeah, that's yeah. I think what, what have you got? What, you've had one glass of whiskey the entire podcast. You know, what, well, what it's a nice pour, but yeah, probably about that. No, you're measuring the pour. You haven't finished the pour. No, well, the, uh, see, Ira, a nice glass has like lines where you can kind of measure based off of the pour. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're drinking out of a plastic cup over there. So there, there's there's lines on this. I mean, they might be a little blurry from you know I don't know years of use, but they still count. Uh, okay, the nice ice cubes you got there. Those nice and bulky. Well, I came prepared. I brought I brought like a side ice glass, you know. Oh wow! So, you know, I'm, a, I'm a serious podcast. Guys, Ira has a mason jar full of ice, which is now half melted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I had no ice, by the way, so mine is non diluted. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. One glass, Paul. One glass. Okay. I'm keeping the tolerance up. You know, I've got big things in the future. I have Saftabuzz. I have Black Cities. I have bachelor parties. <sighs> you know, all the above. See, I'm I'm really pessimistic about the state of bachelor parties. I feel like people are not going to want to do them slash put people in the position to go to them. Garrett's 100 percent going to cancel because come on. Well, who's running the bachelor? Well, party? He's been trying. Get, he's Garrett. been trying to get out of it since he since it was announced. Yeah, but I mean, I I think we just need to make like a a mandem decision. If there's not a bachelor party, we're not going to the wedding kind of thing, you know? Interesting. That, that's how that's how we enforce our stance. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, look, <laughs> it, it, it's about it's about setting the bachelor off right, you know? And yeah, it's, yeah. If if the the body of man thinks it needs to be done, then the bachelor should cooperate. That, that that's how these things go. Yeah. How's the Levy planning coming along? You guys have anything that works? We haven't discussed it since, like, ever, basically. I think Dan is in charge <laughs> and has not sent an email or anything. But, like, we have a long time. That's not till October next year? November? November. Well, this year, right? It's 2021. Yeah, but we, we can't do anything currently, so. These are important conversations that are going to need to take place. So I'm just I'm putting it on the radar for everybody. I thought I had thought of something good a while ago, but I, I don't remember now. I had come up with like a stupid idea that like I thought was good. Um, that like I thought he would like, but I, I don't remember what it was now. I thought I brought it up to him and I think he liked it. But I, I don't remember at all. We got we got some time. Involved tuxedo shopping? I don't think so. Yeah, okay. Hey, well, you're the man to the market for tuxedo, so you know. Could work it in. But all right. I think we're done for the day, are we? 
I think we've uh, – I feel like our basketball game is back in solid form. And I'm pleased with the league's activity level so far. So, you know, I don't have to make any over-the-top uh, appeals for, you know, integrity of the league. So we're in a good place. Six more weeks. We'll see what adjustments done to the league. But we're coming around. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't even think I'm getting that mad about trades this season. I feel like people playing for next year in this season, it's like almost a rational decision. Just guys, guys. Get value for your trades, please. I, I mean, I'm a broken record here, but just try to get some value for your trades. <laughs> you know, think about how you did with your, 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 one, your one spot move up this year and if it really made your team any better. And, and it didn't. So get some value for your stuff, guys. Yeah, like a 12th rounder from Marvin Bagley. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to drop the guy, that's a solid deal. Or like a, like a, like a fourth oh, yeah. rounder for a... 15th rounder just for moving back to his spots in the draft. (laughs) (sighs) To come, to come. But so far, so good. Keep up the good work, everybody. Uh, I'm glad we were able to to bring it back together in Joe Biden's America. Oh, we didn't really touch on that. We'll we'll talk about it next time. As more things happen, we'll talk about how much better America is right now. But uh, let's leave it on that positive note here. Um, Good talking to you. And We'll do this more, hopefully a little bit more frequently going forward. Till next time.